Here's a message from Ken Lavica. After what we saw this weekend, Novak Djokovic is the single greatest tennis player of all time. But I know that there's going to be pushback from Roger Federer fans and Rafael Nadal fans. How do we define greatness? What is the definition of greatness? Because for me, Novak Djokovic is the GOAT. Joe Rigotti, hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. What makes greatness? What makes one the greatest of all time across all sports? But when it relates to tennis this weekend, I know what I saw, and I know what the numbers say, and I know that Novak Djokovic is the greatest tennis player ever. Ken Levick alive, featuring Coquel. He's Coquel, who has done nothing in terms of prep for the show today. I am Ken Levick. That is not true. I just cleaned my desktop up. There were too many icons and things <laughs> open, and I've been working on that. Good. And that's Joe Rigotti, who's done significantly more than Coquel has. Rigotti coming in, hanging out, running board, making sure things are clean, at least for the most part here. On this Monday, we're in the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off the dark and dreary Intracoastal. Uh, the French Open, if you love sports, and I know that tennis, for a lot of us, that's not first and foremost, that's not our sports priority, but... If you love big-time events and you love big-time performances, you absolutely love what Novak Djokovic did over the weekend. What he did on Friday, taking down the clay court master, the maestro, the man who has dominated that surface for his entire career, Rafael Nadal. And not only did Djokovic do it, but he did it in a methodical and in a legendary way, just chopped down the man who has made a career, made his Hall of Fame legacy off of the clay court surface. Djokovic beats Nadal. Then, what does he do? He turns around Sunday at the French Open, and he is able to come back from down two sets to none using that incredible willpower that he has, that physical prowess he has where he never lets himself uh, get broken. Uh, not in the tennis sense, but in the mental sense, when things aren't going well for him and he finds a way back because he's the best conditioned and he's the most mentally tough. And he beat Stefan Sissipas to win the French Open. Grand Slam win number 19 for Djokovic. So as tennis goes to Wimbledon, where Djokovic has won several times, he is now one Grand Slam away from equaling the all-time marks of Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal, who have 20. And so now you can make a case that Novak Djokovic is the greatest tennis player to walk the face of the earth. Even if he has not hit that 20 Grand Slam mark, he's still one back of Federer and Nadal. Why do I say this? Because Djokovic is now the first ever player to pull off the career Grand Slam twice in his career. He's now been number one a total of 325 weeks. That is an all-time record. The 19 Grand Slam titles, 18 of those have come since 2010. In the last decade, he has clearly been the most dominant player, significantly more dominant than Nadal 
and Federer. He is the first player to win all four Grand Slams, all nine ATP Masters tournaments, and all of the ATP Finals. And he's the only player ever to hold all four Grand Slams at once and do it on three different surfaces. And that's significant because, again, he has been the only human being on the face of the earth to figure out Rafael Nadal more than once at Roland Garros and did it this time around in an epic third set that lasted 90 minutes and then came back on short rest to win the French Open title. Novak Djokovic is the greatest tennis player ever, but there are people like Evan Cohen, and again, Evan is consistent on this. For him, and I'll never be able to move him off of this, and I saw him tweeting about it this morning, to him, Roger Federer is the single greatest player ever. Roger Federer, part of that is he came into tennis and redefined the game. He played it unlike anybody else has other ever played it. Whether it is that incredible backhand or his mobility or his short game uh, playing at the net, uh, he he played it with a flair, with a personality, really unlike anyone that we had ever seen. And I think that there are more people on the Evan Cohen side of things who think that Roger Federer is the greatest player of all time uh, than there are people in my camp with Djokovic. I think there are more people in the Dadal camp because they would say for a guy to be able to find one surface and to be so unbeatable on it, we've never seen anything like that before. Nobody will ever win as many majors, Grand Slams, uh, at any of the Grand Slams than Nadal did on clay at the French Open. But that brings us to this question. How does one define greatness? Because purely by the numbers, I mean, Novak Djokovic, even one Grand Slam behind Federer and Nadal, to me, is the greatest player of all time. But we keep using just that simple 20 that simple grand slam total as what we use as the barometer. So how do we define greatness? And this can apply across all sports, Coquel. If Djokovic is so good, you'd think he'd get a call from the ref and not get thrown out of that game. I mean, he swiped for the ball and they throw him out. That's that's terrible. Wait. No, that's, that's Nikola Jokic. That was Jokic, not Djokovic. Oh, my bad. Different sport, different person. So like both good. I mean, yeah, but I mean MVP season, right? Uh, for Jokic, Djokovic, I suppose you could say is an MVP as well. How many rings does he have, Djokovic? Either of them. Jokic has zero. Djokovic, I suppose, of a Grand Slam is an individual title. Nineteen. Nineteen. That's a lot of rings. So he's good. I agree. Okay. Okay. Good. 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 I'm glad we're on the same page. Um, but this goes into the LeBron versus MJ debate. This goes into the Brady versus Manning or the Brady versus Rogers or the Brady versus Breeze. What is the metric that stands greater than all others when you, the fan, determines greatness? Because it's so easy, Coquel, to say rings. It's so easy to say Brady's the greatest of all time. And is he? Yeah. I mean, he's he's won all of those Super Bowls, finally did it in a different location. But I would say from a pure talent standpoint, Aaron Rodgers might be the greatest quarterback we've ever seen from his ability to get outside the pocket to his accuracy to what he does in big moments late in games. Just from a, a pure full arsenal of weapons 
uh, at his personal disposal. Aaron Rodgers might exceed Brady, but Brady's been able to find the way to win championships and lead multiple teams now to championships, which has been the downfall of Aaron Rodgers. It's weird. I had some of these similar thoughts this weekend looking at Chris Paul. Because I think of him as one of the greatest point guards of all time. And then I'm like, but what is he really great at? And did he really? He didn't win any championships. So how could he be one of the greatest of all time? But in my brain, if you go to who's one of the greatest point guards of all time, Chris Paul pops up right away. Well, it's like we talked about last week. You can be a winner without being a winner, right? Like you can be someone who has won a lot without winning the ultimate prize. And there are a lot. I mean, Dan Marino is the poster boy for that. Uh, played in two Super Bowls, never won a Super Bowl championship, but is widely considered, I mean, up until 15 years ago, he was the greatest quarterback of all time, and then the new era came through. Which is crazy, because I wonder what Marino would have done in this era. Oh, he would have torn it up. I mean, because he didn't need to move. Like, I mean, sorry, he couldn't move, and in this era, you don't need to move because you're not allowed to touch the quarterback. But there are still Dolphins fans that would say that Marino might be the greatest quarterback of all time because of the numbers that he put up in that era of the NFL. Like, he was putting up 350 and 400-yard games in a league where you could tackle the receiver before the ball got to the receiver and no flag was thrown. So I have my own definition of greatness. And for me, the priority is not rings. I think for me, the priority is consistent wins. There's a difference between winning the ultimate prize, especially in team sports. I know the individuals are a bit different, but I think that a whole body of work is really important in the discussion. But LeBron versus MJ, anybody who is pro MJ, they will always say, well, where's LeBron in the rings discussion? Where's LeBron in the rings category? And that is the constant put down of LeBron's achievements when you're talking about the greatest of all time. Which gets me so angry because LeBron's been to the finals how many times? Is it 10 or 11? 11. 11 times. In a 12-year span. And people hold those against him. Like the losses against him. But if he got knocked out earlier, they wouldn't have held them against him. That's what I don't understand in this. His record of having losses in the finals. So what does he have? Five rings now? So is he five and six? Four and seven? What? what I, how many? Yeah, five, uh, five and six. Five and six, right? Whatever. People hold the six losses against him, but Jordan wasn't in the finals every single year. Know, maybe he's four and seven. He might be four and yeah, seven. Yeah, four and seven. But he, Jordan was six and oh in the finals. Yeah. So people are like, oh, he's undefeated in the finals. But I'm like, but he played those other years but too. He, I just, also he think just didn't get into the finals. The circumstances also do come into play. Like, What team were you on? Who was on your team? Because I think that uh, for LeBron, it's for, for people like you, if he gets to the finals as often as he does, you say, oh, he did that despite what he had on the roster. But then there are some where he wins the championship and they say, oh, well, he won it with D. Wade and Bosh and Anthony Davis. And so both sides are going to try and look at what surrounded LeBron. So again, like that's why everybody has their own different definition, their own metric, their own, uh, the, the, the one thing they look at that supersedes everything else when trying to determine the greatest of all time, the greatest. Uh, so I say it's Djokovic. Uh, from a tennis standpoint, what we saw this weekend of the French Open, to me, clinched it. Evan Cohen would never agree with me, no matter how many times I tried to bash him over the head with that. LeBron versus MJ. You, Coquel, are always going to tell me LeBron. Always, always, always. And I'm staunch going to say MJ 
all the time. But how do you define the greatest? What do you look at? Is it rings? Is it wins? Is it numbers? Is it overall legacy? How do you define the greatest of all time? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. You can tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. The number one more time, 888 888- Seven six zero three seven seven six. How do you define the greatest of all time? Like, what's the metric that we're working with here? I just go by: Are they better than their peers? Like their peers, do they stand out their heads and shoulders above everyone else around them? Because LeBron is better. Than like, what's an example? Anyone, of that? LeBron. Okay, he's been better than anyone in his era. There's people who have flasher. Steph's a better shooter. Durant's a better overall scorer. Overall game, LeBron has been clearly the best. In our, so is, in this generation. is LeBron versus MJ then even a legitimate debate to have because those were different eras? Like those, there was there was really generally no overlap with that, and any overlap there was was in an era where Jordan was playing in his late, late, late years. So it really truly which didn't is, matter. Which is weird because we consider those Jordan playing in his late, late, late years, but then we also say, "Hey, LeBron got knocked out of the finals at age thirty-seven, which would be his late, late, late years." Yeah, you know what I mean? Like LeBron's entering those years but bodies are so different now which goes back to I guess you're saying can we even compare errors should we compare errors because I hate the rings argument to me it's the worst because then I just go to Robert Ory yeah he's the, he, he's the trump card yeah isn't Robert Ory then one of the greatest of all time with his seven rings he's clearly better than Jordan but team sport and depending on what team sport it is makes it such a different conversation because in football I really don't like the ring conversation because when you're only playing on one side of the ball and there's also 10 other guys on the field with you, it's really tough for me to sit there and say that Tom Brady, yeah, he has the most rings and also he's the greatest of all time because, again, there have been more talented quarterbacks who have played the game. There have been quarterbacks who have put up better numbers than Tom Brady, but Tom Brady was like a perfect storm of staying healthy other than 2008 of uh, absolutely knowing <laughs> it makes you wistful 2008 you you just scumbagging uh, and celebrating with Jets fans Hulk, at Dolphin Hulk, Stadium Hulk, Hulk, Dolphin fans. knowing awesome. knowing that Tom Brady tore his ACL in week hey, one you're no. celebrating with Jets and Dolphins Take fans that, Tommy. as that news spread through Dolphin Stadium and I mean then, you are just and then the brutal led them to a 10 and six record and they still won the division you are absolutely brutal but Aaron Rodgers, from a talent standpoint, is better than Tom Brady. He is. And uh, Eli Manning beat Tom Brady stop, twice stop, in the stop, Super Bowl. Stop it. So how great can stop you be? It. But you see stop what I'm it. saying. Don't you dare. Don't you dare bring up Eli Manning in the <laughs> I'd take Arch Manning over, over Eli Manning in the greatest of all time conversation. So what is your defining feature? What do you use to define the greatest of all time? Rings, wins, numbers, talent? What do you use? There could be a number of different things I haven't even mentioned, but what do you use to define the greatest of all time? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And should we be defining the greatest of all time, or should we just be defining greatness? Why do we always have to go to this GOAT conversation? Why do well, we have to compare Because, errors? But there's, I mean, listen. Because we want jobs. It's it, Yeah, and also, I think it's human nature. Like, it's one thing to say, oh, that person was great. But, like, it, you want to have the debate about who is the tops. And it, it's, 
I, again, I do think that's human nature, and I know you could say, oh, well, sports talk, radio nature. Yeah, of course, but also it's human nature. No one, no one's going to talk about the um, the great painter. You want to talk about the greatest painter? I still is say it? the 57 Chevy is the greatest of all time. Best car of all time. Okay. I think that a Kia K5 GT is the greatest car of all time from Green Bay Kia, West Palm Beach, but noted. I'll take note of your 57 Chevy, okay? That is a sweet car. Yeah, they, honestly, when I go through the pantheon of cars, those are the two at the top. The 57 Chevy <laughs> and the, the K5. Of course, absolutely. How do you define the greatest of all time? Again, I think Novak Djokovic, better now than Federer and Nadal. The numbers show it. Other, though... Then the one number, the grand slam total number, where he's still one away. But I think Djokovic has done enough to become the greatest player of all time. Why does grand slams matter more? It's just the same as golf majors. That's a, that's kind of where I was going with yeah. it. I just want to change. But think about like, it. Why does it. Why do these other wins not count? Uh, I think that it, these are the highest profile tournaments. These are the ones where you always are going to have the strongest field. These are the ones with tradition and inherently within that becomes the most pressure. And that's how these tournaments, whether it's U.S. Open, PGA Championship, Open Championship, uh, or the Masters, and then uh, on, uh, on the tennis side with the four Grand Slams, that's why they become, like, that's a different discussion. How have they become, because that's that's tradition. That's how the, these tournaments became uh, why? I, be, I don't why know. Why is the Masters better? Like, oh, you can win seven tournaments in buddy, a row, but if you win one in this racist area, you get extra points? Buddy, I don't know. But that's just individual sports, man. Like, that's just individual sports. I heard what you said, by the way. I'm what just I not say? going to acknowledge that. <laughs> but even with that, with the Tiger discussion, Tiger Woods is not going to catch Jack Nicholas's uh, major record. He's just not going to. He might never play golf again. But Tiger... From a pure wins standpoint, most wins ever. Um, all of the moments that he had in his major wins, including 2008 U.S. Open, 2005 Masters. I mean, you could you name it, and you can find a memorable moment that's lodged into your brain. How he changed golf. Like that's the thing with Federer um, that you can make an argument why he's the greatest of all time, and why why Evan would say that is that he redefined tennis. He restylized tennis. Um, but Tiger Woods, his skin color. His ability, they started designing courses to neutralize his long game. Like, they changed the game because he was becoming too dominant. And that's why even if he doesn't catch and won't catch Jack Nicholas, Tiger's the, the greatest golfer of all time. That's what I, I was going to jump in and say that. I, I think of Tiger as the greatest. He also made the game so much harder for himself. Not only did he change the courses, but he actually got players lifting and this next generation of Mm-hmm. Of golfers who played training with Navy different. Seals and it made it cool for the cool athletes yep. to play golf. Yep, he he really gave a rebirth to the game. He made it really hard on himself. Yeah, yeah. Where for most sure. golfers in their later years dominate because they're still playing against all the other old guys. He brought in this whole new where young kids wanted to play golf, and that's why I don't love the rings conversation because Nicholas and Tiger is the golf equivalent of the rings conversation in tennis. The rings conversation, Djokovic hasn't caught him, but numbers-wise, you can argue he's the greatest, including beating Nadal and Federer numerous times head-to-head when it matters most. How do you define the greatest of all time? How do you define it? What do you look at to determine that person's the greatest? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Ken Levick Alive is presented by... 
the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Dr. Jim Reardon, he's in charge, and he does great, great work. It seems like, Coquel, every single week we have someone new getting a big-time job in the sports industry we're hearing about who has their MBA in sport management at Florida Atlantic, whether you take the courses in person in Boca Raton on campus at the Schmidt Family Center or you're doing it remotely. Those are options that are all available for you. And in fact, speaking to his classes, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program brought in Capital One Arena venue manager Jalen Hinton to talk about fans and fan security because it was Capital One Arena in D.C. where we saw a fan run onto the court just a couple of weeks ago, those string of incidents. And Jalen Hinton is an FAU MBA Sport Management grad, and he is in charge of the venue at Capital One Arena. So those are the things we're talking about. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. This is your path into sports. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. When we come back, the biggest story of the weekend was something that I hope we never, ever, 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 ever see again. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Levick live on ESPN 106.3. Well, hopefully we never see what we saw Saturday in Copenhagen again in the Euro soccer tournament because that was jarring, it was potentially scarring, and it could have had uh, the absolute worst outcome possible if not for heroes that were in attendance at that match. Uh, Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel, and uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. I mean, across the board, Wherever you get your podcast, search Ken Levick Alive. It's right there for you. And subscribe to it. Get it right to your phone. Rate it and make it your own. Make it one of your family. Watch it like a hawk. And also love it and hold it to your sports bosom. That's the Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel Podcast, wherever you find it, your podcast. Well, um, Saturday, I uh, it was the first full day of Euros. And uh, Coquel makes fun of me a lot for being a soccer fan and soccer guy. And uh, this is one of the reasons. Like, I love the Euro soccer tournament. In case you don't know what the Euros are. It's called Gyro. It's No, 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 no. Euro. E-U-R-O. And it's not a Gyro. The G-Y-R-O. That is Euro as well. <laughs> don't be that guy. That that made me angry on two different levels. One, that you interrupt me with a stupid joke, and two, that you tried to give me the wrong pronunciation of Euro <laughs> as well. That was the rare double piss-off. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. That was really well done. Um, but in the, the first half of this match, uh, Denmark and Finland on Saturday, Christian Eriksen, who is one of the better soccer players in the world, and I want to stress not that this matters, but I think – this is what made it hit home maybe a little harder for soccer fans, is that Christian Eriksen is a household name. He played for a number of years at Tottenham Hotspur, um, uh, helped them to a Champions League final. Uh, now he just won, he won Serie A uh, this past year at Inter Milan. Um, well done, by the way. Uh, but he, and you knew it as soon as you saw it, something bad was happening. He is just running by himself, about to take a throw in, and he stumbles and he falls, and he doesn't get up. And the moment that everybody knew something bad had really, truly happened is when the camera cut in close on him, and his eyes are open, and he is white, and he is not moving at all. And that 
was when the referee waved desperately to the touchline. That's when the captain of the Denmark team, you could see him starting to try and clear airwaves, and it was abundantly clear that there was a life-or-death situation unfolding on the pitch. It actually turns out that Christian Eriksen's heart had stopped, and they had to perform a defibrillation on him on the pitch. They And I don't know why they did this, but they showed on the television feed the shock being delivered to his chest, uh, but he is awake, he is alert, he is in a hospital, and disaster was averted. But that's the first time in a long time I can remember seeing something like that on international television with millions and millions of people watching, and it, it stuck with me and haunted me all weekend because he was, for all intents and purposes, dead his heart was was stopped he was gone i texted you during it which i'm sure first you're probably surprised that i was actually watching yeah, soccer i, I was i was i went to be a good teammate this was on my son had finally left the room so i turned off octonauts <laughs> and i was like all right let me put this on let me see what this gyro soccer is all about so Here. i started watching it and it's like the first 10 minutes of non-usa soccer that i've ever watched and dude dropped out yeah. and i was like oh my god this is all blood sport um, like, i have no idea this is what happens in soccer it was literally, I was so disturbed by the whole thing. And I'm only making a joke now because that's how my family deals with funerals and death. Anyway, right. luckily, that's not where we're at. But, like, it was really, like, when you saw him falling and his eyes started rolling in his head while he was stumbling forward, it was really, really hard to watch that. Yeah. Um, and I just, I guess I'm curious how other people consumed it because the way I consumed it was, first, horror, and then, secondly, like corresponding with Coquel about it, because Coquel was legitimately like when he says like I I, I reached out to to Ken to discuss like you were in shock like it was I mean it, it, he was dead there was there was no expression in his face whatsoever so I'm just curious for those who saw it or at least the aftermath as well at Euros Christian Eriksen's collapse and then subsequent resuscitation on. The turf. I mean, again, you have life-saving personnel, medical personnel, who are trying to save someone's life, trying to bring someone back from the dead in front of 35,000 people and millions of TV viewers. Like, just just think about that. How did you consume that with Christian Erickson over the weekend? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And to the point you were making, Coquel, about soccer and those things happening in soccer they actually happen more disturbingly often than you'd like to see it's the nature of the sport because there is so much running and there's so much start and stop and start and stop um in basketball you're running in a in short bursts on a short playing area in soccer, you're covering miles and miles and miles per game. I guess it's like a marathon, but with, sp- yeah, with it's, sprints mixed in. Honestly, it's sort of like it, it's sort of like a, a 10K on steroids. Like that's the best way to probably explain soccer. And so this has happened previously. Um, the last time this happened was actually 
uh, two years ago, something like this happened where a guy who's currently playing for the Netherlands, uh, he collapsed on the pitch. He got um, an implant put in that is supposed to monitor irregular heartbeats, and then he collapsed on the pitch in August because it went off because it detected an irregular heartbeat, and that ended up saving his life. But he's playing in this Euro tournament, but he was saying that he almost couldn't play yesterday when the Netherlands played because Christian Eriksen was on his mind. I mean, you've had deaths on the pitch. In 2012 in Italy, there was a player in Serie B, which is the the second division of soccer there. Uh, He had a heart attack on the field, got up, wanted to walk off the pitch. They rolled him off. As soon as he got into the tunnel, dead. And that's what was going through my mind with Christian Eriksen on Saturday was, man, if the pictures are true and his eyes were open coming off the pitch, great, but this isn't over yet. You never know. I mean, he went into cardiac arrest. Yeah, I, w- I waited until I read the articles that he, he sent a message to his teammates and yeah. stuff that I was like, all right, he's talking, he's, oh, he's going. You, you, and, he, and you just got to thank that medical staff and, and my the God. trainers and everyone, the team doctors who responded. The CPR and then the defibrillations within minutes. Like That, that saved his life. A minute 48 it was the time that they started CPR. If they didn't, yep. which sound may sound like a long time, but usually if you're out doing something, you collapse. Takes people a long time to figure out what's going on. Takes people time to check on you. They were able to get that CPR started pretty quick. Um, did, did you see Christian Erickson collapse? How did you consume it? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. You know what? What you just said brought me back to something that I sort of went back to throughout the weekend. So, And I promise this is not because it's a totally inappropriate time to do so. This is not a flex in any way, okay? But I, my hobby, my workout hobby is running and long distance running and uh like on Saturdays I like to run the equivalent of like a half marathon I want to run the Miami marathon coming up uh in the spring and that made me wonder about what happened if because I run at like five in the morning five thirty in the morning there's nobody around what happens if something like that and Christian Erickson's 29 years old that's one of the jarring parts too is that a 29 year old elite Athlete should not be having a heart attack and going into cardiac arrest on the pitch, right? So what happens if me at 36, I just have a heart arrhythmia because that's what they believe may have happened. We're going to try and have someone from Jupiter Medical Center on here tomorrow to talk about what exactly happened to Christian Erickson. But what happens if that happens to me? Like there's no defibrillator around. There's no anyone around there's no one to deliver cpr unless i get lucky and someone stumbles on me but then you've also got to depend on that person actually wanting to help you like and it it made me think god how delicate is everything if it can happen to 29 year old elite athlete uh what about regular person just running on a saturday yeah you, you would need to have the right person find out that's why they should train everyone in cpr as many people, that's one thing I actually miss that I'm not coaching is that I haven't gotten my CPR training this yeah. year. But I've done it so many past years that I think I would be okay. Let me ask you about that from a high school level, like high school football in particular. Yep. But you've been around plenty of other high school sports. Yep. Like You have to have a defibrillator on site now, right? Yeah, on site, everywhere. It's, uh, they're spread throughout the campus. And you have to have it on any game day. You have to have it on site. And it needs to be close enough to practice to be able to get it. And those things now I feel like are pretty self-explanatory. You don't like, do anything. that You open the box and it tells you what to do. It says take out pads, unpeel pads, yeah. place pads on, back away. And it senses if you've backed away or not. And it says, now shocking in three, two, one. So you don't do anything but exactly what the voice in the box tells you to do. 
and he can bring people back to life. It's just scary. Like, and you don't want to think about it too much because you don't want to <laughs> create a, a mental crisis for yourself um, because that's a real, it, it's really easy to get existential when you see something like that happen and try to apply it to yourself. Like that, I was watching, and I I really thought he was gone, yeah. and I couldn't believe that. I mean, he was the, the 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 Denmark doctor yesterday speaking to the media the first time said that he was gone. When they got to him, he was gone. And fortunately, it took one shock to at least get his heart back to a point where blood was pumping again. But he was gone. I mean, ugh, man. Uh, so, but, what a, but again, what a job. What yeah, a job I mean, that's heroic that stuff. That is totally heroic stuff. And the game was delayed, obviously. They restarted the game later in the night. Not sure if that should have taken place. And now you're finding out more about UEFA, who runs this tournament. They gave the Denmark team an ultimatum. You can restart this game later in the night. You can play tomorrow, or you can take a 3 nothing forfeit. So that's going to become a major sense of controversy. Finland win? ended up winning. Um, the Finns scored a goal. They that's didn't celebrate anything. That is not uh, Christian Eriksen's team. And so now there's a lot of discussion. Why did UEFA force them to play? Couldn't they have played it at another time? They didn't have to play it Sunday. They didn't have to play it Saturday night. So that's about to be a major discussion as well. But during the delay of the match, and this was hours and hours and hours, the Finnish fans and the Denmark fans were nonstop chanting Christian Eriksson's name. The Finns would yell Christian. The Dens, uh, the Danes would yell Eriksson. And that is our EDS air conditioning cool moment of the weekend. Time now for the coolest moment of the week. Cool. Cool, yeah. The coolest moment of the week is brought to you by EDS air conditioning. And let's hear what it sounded like again in Copenhagen after thousands thought they had seen Christian Eriksson die on the field. Finnish fans and uh, Denmark fans with this. And so that went on and on through hours there. And uh, I know I get made fun of for being a soccer guy, but that right there is one of the reasons why soccer is awesome. Because amidst tragedy like that, something like that is done, and it makes you feel better about humanity uh, as a whole. Uh, Did the fans... (laughs) This is so not important, but uh now I need to know. Did they have to leave? Did they come back? No, they stayed in the stadium. The whole time? The whole time they stayed in the stadium. Man, the vendors must have really been happy about that. I knew you were going to say that. I mean, think about that. The beer flowing at that <sighs> game. Woo! Capitalism coquel strikes again. Uh, when we return, I was trying to be a good human throughout portions of the weekend, and neither time did I actually pull off the quest, which probably says a little bit about me as a human. I'll explain to you what happened. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. It's Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken LaVica and Chris Coquel. I'm really trying to contribute to society. I mean, I promise I'm trying to contribute to society, but even when I do that, 
I can't pull it off. I can't do it well. Much like everything else in my life. Ken Levick Alive featuring Co-Cal. And you just heard our EDS air conditioning cool moment of the week. And that was the Finnish fans and the Dane fans who were chanting Christian Eriksson's name after he collapsed at uh, Euros on Saturday right on the pitch in front of millions and millions of people watching on TV, soccer fans, and just people throughout the world uh that was our eds air conditioning cool moment of the weekend just finding some humanity in what turned out to be one of the most dire of circumstances and eds air conditioning uh i think that dire is a good way to describe in this heat with how extreme it is here in the summer in south florida if your ac goes out i mean you're legitimately talking about potential health problems i went to the st Lucie mets game yesterday and i was so happy to come back to a nice cold house i mean it is it is unbearable and we do it every summer all of us have lived down here for a long time in this room joe rigotti chris coquel me ken lavica and it never gets any easier and it is a really 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 (laughs) <laughs> it is a tough thing to fully, fully put together when your AC goes out and you're wondering what's next. And that's why you need a plan. You need a plan, and that's EDS. EDS is, yes, EDS air conditioning, uh, residential and commercial AC services. They also handle your plumbing services as well, your service, your maintenance, your system installs. They've been serving Palm Beach County since 2006. That's right, EDS, 15 years in the business, and they have appointment windows to work around your schedule. They want to work around you. They don't want to dictate to you, oh, we'll be out at this time. They want you to give them your schedule and they can figure out an appointment window from there. They're licensed and insured. It's a drug-free workplace and they're elite. You can trust them. They're a trained comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train using only the best equipment and the best brands. EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is, yes, edsairconditioning.com, edsairconditioning.com. Before you get into what you want to get into, can I ask you a quick question? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Does it make me a bad dad or a bad person that I took my son to the St. Lucie Mets versus the Palm Beach Cardinals, the Cardinals team at at Cloverfield? Awesome time, awesome food, but my son thinks he watched the New York Mets versus the St. Louis Cardinals. Guys, I just kind of told him we were going to the Mets game. Oh, no. Really? Like because he doesn't know any of the players yet. He just knows baseball is baseball. He doesn't know anything. He's third grade and he doesn't follow baseball All that right. closely. Coquel took his kids to see the Mets, but didn't tell them it was the Mets minor leaguers. Is that being a bad dad? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Coquel took his kids to see the Mets single-A minor league team at Clover Field, but acted as if they were the actual New York Mets. Is this being a bad dad and really a bad person? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. his brain, dad got him front row seats. I'm just saying. For the Mets game. I got to say, Bro-ro. man, I am not overly impressed in that. Uh, Why? I, uh, you do a lot of things that make me question... Just you and your approach to life and your place in society. And I love you. I love you dearly, and you know that. And I consider you a very, very good friend, and I love working with you. But this is, this to me is a little bit dicey. Like you're towing a line here between 
Uh, great. It, it's good you brought your kids to a game, but also you're towing a line between dad and scum dad here. Was it also bad that I made him eat popcorn as fast as he could by sticking his face into the bucket? Rewind. <laughs> we all do things. And then you put out that picture on social media, too. You humiliated your son on what social media. Dummy. Who Co- falls for that? Coquel took his kids to see the Mets single-A minor league team and told them it was the actual Mets. Is he a bad father? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We need rulings. Let's go to Palm Beach. D-Man is in Palm Beach. What's up, D? Hey, hey, first time caller. Thank you, man. Thank you for taking my call. Yep. No, he's not a bad dad. That's a great idea. I love it. <laughs> Thank you, D-Man. Thank you. All right. So, Coquel has been vindicated by D-Man. D-Man, if you got kids and you want to go, just DM me. At Real Coach K. I got you. But this is like this reminds me of Dean Thomas, who you hear on Josh Cohen and the home team every day, three to five here on ESPN 106.3. He brought his son, Ethan, at a young age to um, the um, what it's it's not Disney, but like the the streets of Disney or whatever they call that Down, shopping area. Downtown, downtown, downtown Disney. Yeah. 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 He brought his son, Ethan, to downtown Disney and told Ethan it was Disney and it took a picture. And just said, oh, there's your trip to Disney. And Ethan didn't know anything because he was small and had no idea. He just assumed that was Disney. I, I, I feel no, like that's I a little no dicey. Problem with that. No problem oh, at all. Because, no, no, because I feel like what you did is a gateway to bigger problems down the road. Like, what like if you're gonna, if you're gonna be, if you're going to mislead your son from that standpoint, what are you gonna mislead him about down the road, Coco? I mean, I didn't mislead him. I didn't say they were the New York Mets. I just didn't tell him they were the minor leagues. <laughs> he was first of all. If so anyone, you didn't say, "Oh, there's Francisco Lindor." No, if anyone, he's the liar because he was telling pl- telling me who players were and how he remembers them and what they've done. And I'm like, you don't know those guys, <laughs> you liar. Oh man, and Co- and he's a rat because he started rooting for the Cardinals when they hit a grand slam or up seven nothing. He just switched out mid game. Coquel, uh, Coquel brought his kids to the Mets minor league game in Port St. Lucie on Saturday and didn't disclose that it wasn't actually the New York Mets. They went. His kids went under the thought they were seeing the actual oh, New York Mets. Front Does row. that make? Front row, right next to the dog, and I was like, "Look, there's all the Mets." Does that make Coquel a bad dad? Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. By the way, shout out to all of our friends at Clover Park who always make it a first class experience. All, so I understand why they thought they were at a major league. They game. went there. He got popcorn. He got an ice. He got a big fresh lemonade. Like he was psyched. Why? Why did your son have his face in the popcorn? By the way, because he said he could eat it fast, and I was like, "Your fingers are going to slow you down." <laughs> And then he's open face first. And I said, let's do that again. I needed that video. I cannot imagine in any in any distant corner of my brain what it's like to have Coquel as a dad. It's fun. I mean, I... God. I love my kids. This, Good. Uh, like, yeah, but I'm just saying, I think it's pretty clear I do these things with love. I love my kids. Now, put your face in the popcorn bag, okay? He had a blast doing it. Now he got <laughs> salt in his eye from the popcorn, and we had to wash that out with the lemonade. Not a good not a good solution for salt in your eye. I want I want you to tell me, Coquel, yeah. if I am at least on the right track as a human being. And before before I tell you these two instances of instances. <laughs> oh, now I'm the judge of character. Of re- I know. I, well, you're the only person here that can give me an answer, so I'm really digging low for this okay um but joe Joe, give a thumbs up or thumbs down. yeah yeah joe i need you to be the arbiter forget coquel um so i uh this weekend and i'm not telling you this to be like oh i try to be a good person these are just life experiences that happened to me um and so i need to talk about them because it actually affected sound effect anymore for tebow yeah the the tebow sound effect um we have it somewhere but this weekend so yesterday was my daughter's fifth birthday party 
at a park in Tamarack. Nice park, has a splash pad, whole thing, good stuff. I like splash pads, by the way. My parents never took me to one as a kid, and uh, I told them this weekend because they were in town, I'm divorcing them because it's all of the fun of a pool without the drowning part. It's a, it's a great, great yeah. invention. When we go to Lion Country Safari, who I believe is still a partner here, so you know if they want anyone to go, mm-hmm. I, lo- I love Lion Country Safari. The Coquels are fully, fully endorsers you ain't of lying. Lion Country Safari. Yeah. Oh, but they have the water park at the end. I guess it's that called the splash pad. It's a splash pad. Yeah, that's yeah. like the greatest. It's part. awesome. It's great. I don't so, have to watch the. Kids. But so we, uh, you, you run out in an enclosure area, you know, covered area, whatever. Um, and so we went back there. It was a morning party because if you do anything after noon, your kids are going to uh, <laughs> fall victim to the heat. Um, and so we we went out there, and there was a a homeless man sleeping in the enclosure. And so we we had to wake him up in order to start setting up. And I felt bad because I'm like, why did why do you get it? Because we rented it out. Oh. We paid like money for it. But I still... I thought it was a public park. Oh, I, I, but I felt torn, though. I was like, I, can we let him sleep a little bit more? And But we we had to get stuff ready. So we woke him up. And he was totally cool about it, which made me feel even worse. He was like, oh, don't worry. I'm outie. I, uh, my apologies. I'm like, you don't have to apologize. And I felt bad as he was walking away. So I offered him like a... Did we didn't have any food yet. So I offered him like a... I'm like, do you want anything to drink? We've got soda. we got water. we got any of this stuff. And he's like, nope, nope. I'm good. Don't worry about it. And just walked away. And I felt so like insignificant. Like at the very least, I wish I could have given him Should have given something. one of those peso cookies. The penguin from Optimus. Yeah, with the Oreos. We didn't have those with us yet. They were still at the house. Those are awesome. By the way, I'm glad you sent me all those pictures of them. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I just told Ken my kids love these things. So I figured he'd bring one in today for me. But appreciate that. I did not. But I can tomorrow because oh, I don't want my kids eating now. all of them. It's not too late now. But then this morning, I am grocery shopping. I just pick a couple of things up at the beginning of the week to have it for lunch. Um, by the way, frozen Indian dinners. Nothing should go wrong with that. I'm sure that'll sit great in my stomach and not have everybody hate me at the office this week. Um, it was on sale. I think the best part is the office thinks me and you are going to walk next door to take care of those things. Yeah, right. There's a bathroom here. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I see a toilet. I use a toilet. I'm right. pooping right here. Too far. <laughs> um, but there was a guy behind me who just had a couple of little bags of chips, like Doritos, in back of me. And so I was just like... He doesn't have to ring it up, like save him some time. I'm like, I'll I'll cover that. I told the cashier, I've got the, the guy's chips behind me. The guy goes, oh, no, 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 don't do that. I need to use my debit card and get money. So twice this weekend, I tried to do like something, not huge, but try to do something small just to like make something better and maybe make someone's day better. And both times, it was just flatly outright rejected. And it made me feel really crappy. You should. Like, Your little charity work of waking someone up from a nice sleep and giving them a bottle of water isn't there. And oh, you're going to buy someone <laughs> no, their, 50, it was, their 50 uh, cents bag of chips? Wow, big shot. <laughs> no, oh, come on. I got this. I have my own radio show noon on ESPN 106.3. I'm not, but I wasn't trying to be like, oh, there'll be karma points for me. Like, I didn't want that. But it, I was just trying small gestures of kindness to where it's like holding a door, which I always do. Or like, but I got turned down. Both of them. I got turned down. And it wasn't just one water like there was coke vanilla oh, coke oh, sorry, it was just water let me give you this sugar stuff that's bad for your body let me dehydrate you more how nice are you daddy lavica don't worry daddy lavica's got you <laughs> by the way and i don't know if i, I just wa- felt bad i don't know if i want to align myself with this person but Jeanette javier from five to six on the evan cohen show <laughs> uh-huh. she takes her family from the dominican republic to disney springs and calls it disney she's in <laughs> she's in with me indeed she gets it <laughs> She gets it. See, 
Like, Rigotti, thumbs up or thumbs down, that's scumbaggy. Like, like yeah, thumb down. Yeah, it's that scumbaggy to say, hey, the Disney here. thing or the Mets thing? Both. both. He said both. Oh. Come on. Why? Both. He doesn't know. First of all, it's his fault. He's third grade. Like, get with it. You shouldn't be falling for that anymore. <laughs> Read a book. Come on. Watch Sports Center. I make them watch but sports then, at night. On the other end, I'm trying to do something nice, and you're ripping me for it not being big enough. Like, I, I, mean, like, you, like I need to be giving them $20. You try to give people diabetes. You try to give out soda and potato <laughs> chips. Real nice, Levicka. <laughs> it's tortilla chips. Not potato chips. At least, at least someone, uh, I'm trying to do something nice for, for you by telling you about how great Greenway Kia of West now Palm Beach talking. is. All right, all right, all right. Thumb, Greenway, Joe, Joe gave a thumbs up. Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Check them out online, GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com, but certainly head over to uh, uh, their dealership as well, right off the military trail in West Palm Beach. The payments on us sale going on right now at Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. By the way, that's where I got my beautiful Kia K5 GT by Paris saw it for the first time uh, over the weekend when they were in for my daughter's birthday party. And my dad goes, I can't believe you're driving this car. This is better than anything I've ever driven. Yeah, I know, Dad. And they're going to help put you in a great Kia automobile at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Safe, dependable, great mileage. They're all there at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. The payments on SL, purchase or lease any new Kia on their lot. They're going to give you your first nine months of payments off. Plus, you keep all the rebates because they're generous over there at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. And the credit clinic, if you have bad credit, it's okay because local bank representatives are on site trying to grant special approval to consumers who meet minimum criteria. So if you have a job bringing home three fifty dollars a week, the credit clinic at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach, they want to approve you and put you in a Kia. That's Greenway Kia West Palm Beach com Greenway Kia, WestPalmBeach.com. I'm a Greenway Kia of West Palm Beach customer, and I love it. You will, too. Greenway Kia, WestPalmBeach.com. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Lavica. We're live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Lavica live. Call the show now at 888-760-3776. Here's Ken and Coquel. Ken Levick alive, featuring Coquel tomorrow here on the show. It looks like we do have uh, a, a cardiologist from Jupiter Medical Center who can just give us a little bit of insight into what happened to Christian Erickson, but also I think more importantly, how that can apply to uh, your sons, your daughters who are playing uh, sports at a local level here at Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast. Because again, seeing what happened at the Euros on Saturday, Denmark's Christian Erickson just collapsing and his heart stopping. Like I, I went through some existential moments over the weekend because I take pride in being fit and working out a lot and doing that whole thing. But what happens if I don't have a stadium of 35,000 people and uh, and, and emergency medical personnel ready to rush on and, and help me while I'm running long distances at like 6 in the morning. So uh, we'll, we'll get some questions answered about what might have happened and uh, signs you can look for and try and apply it to, uh, to everybody big and broad here on Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. Uh, are the Phoenix Suns going to win the NBA championship, Coquel? Uh, Chris Paul... Devin Booker, Jay Crowder, that whole group, that's the most fun team in the playoffs to watch. I think they're more fun to watch than even the full-strength highlight reel that is the Brooklyn Nets, who suddenly appear to be in some major trouble. I still have to go with the Nets. If they're full-strength. I just think even if Harden comes back. Because I always wonder with Harden sitting out, was he sitting out until they needed him? Like, if he all of a sudden... Well, I would say they probably need him now. If he all of a sudden plays game five, then you're like, all right, he was just... 
kind of they were giving him the extra rest to make sure because they could beat the Bucks if they have Harden and Durant, right? And yes, then, and then I mean I still think they can beat the Bucks with just Durant, and then they can get through the Sixers, and then they have full strength. That's what I'm saying. So I until the Nets lose, it's the Nets. But the Suns out of the West, it becomes interesting. But the Suns, I think, are the feel good story of the playoffs, right? Like yeah, Chris Paul has become like a, a let's let's get behind this guy and see him win a championship, which is weird because he's normally the ordinary. It's guy kind of a no jerk one, on the no floor. Yeah. yeah, which apparently he's probably like a really nice person in I, real life. I don't even care. On the floor, he, he comes off as a jerk, which yeah. I think usually means you're good. But I just think it's a guy who's put his time in, who's never been in a position to win a championship, and now you could argue this is his best chance. Even uh, on those Clippers teams, you can argue this is his best team because he has a legitimate elite score next to him. Well, that's what I was going to say. I don't think he gets enough credit for taking the Clippers from being like the worst franchise in sports and making them a main oh, attra- yeah. and making them a main attraction. And he was a big reason why DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin became what they became. hundred oh, percent. He I makes mean, everyone around him better. Yeah. But Devin Booker, we knew that he already was a really good player, like kind of pushing that elite level. And now with Chris Paul, they're deadly together. Yeah, I'm not liking this because I had him penciled in and going to the Knicks as that rumored player who wanted to force his way out, but he's not going anywhere. No, now. he's no. he's staying no. in Phoenix. And I think Chris Paul, thankfully, I think will stay also. Yeah, but man, he's owed forty million dollars. I know, year. I know. That's uh, despite how great a year this is for Chris Paul. That is steep for a guy his age. And I'm hearing three years, ninety is what he wants. Oh, your sources are telling you. Yeah. Oh, I for, actually, Coquel does have a legitimate <laughs> source. Yeah, I didn't so, even uh, think about that. Three years, ninety mil. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it it absolutely. I don't. Is. I don't know if you want to invest. But that I just. I find years. myself. I find myself in a playoffs now where there's no LeBron and no Heat. Like it would be me probably rooting against the Lakers or obviously full fledged for the Heat, but I am finding myself like the Suns are appointment viewing. I love watching the Suns. I mean, they are. You had a bad feeling about the Nuggets without Jamal Murray matching up with the Suns, and all of those horrors were realized in this series. I mean, that was ugly. And this, you look at the East now. Say the Bucks move on and take on the Seventy Sixers in the East. Just, just end me. I mean, uh, I'll I'll take a tranquilizer and I'll sleep through the rest of June. The brand of basketball that those two teams would play in an Eastern Conference final compared to what we're going to see in the West with the Jazz and the Suns or even the Clippers and the Suns, get out of here. You know how mad I'm going to be if that's the case? Because that means I'm going to watch the East, fall asleep, miss all the good games, and then wake up the next morning. Because these 10 o'clock starts oh, just, just can't do it. Just absolutely cannot do it. Selfish West Coast. Um, but the, the, I hope it's Jazz and Suns in the Western Conference Finals because that's going to be electric. I mean, absolutely. I've heard by- good things about the Jazz, but I fall asleep every time they play. So <laughs> I've I don't heard know. good things. And, uh, hey, Kyrie, your ankle. James, what's James Harden's problem again? Hamstring. His hamstring. Guys, Stretch. You're our only hope now. You're our only hope. We need you. I don't care. Kyrie, get like electric shocks in your ankle. Use your sage. Stretch. Like just get your body right. Please, please, please get into the finals. We need you. We need you to make this an epic NBA finals. And I know Durant before last night was playing well, but he looks like he's getting bodied out there too. Like where he needs to be able to create space for himself. Well, he, doesn't, mean, he does not move without the Bucks the are physical. Uh, how about, uh, by the way, how about the fact that last week we're talking about uh, how rule changes take place, and that's why the NBA is so high scoring again now, and then hours later,
later, you see an 86-83 final in Game 3 of the Eastern Conference semifinals. Like, we're just, we everything we do just ends up in disaster. Well, we were proved a little bit right when a MVP of the league was thrown out of the game for a reach and foul. That was weak. A I mean, if you're going to call that in the regular season, it's weak. If you're going to call that in the playoffs, a flagrant two on a frustration swipe at the ball from Jokic, the MVP, that's wildly weak. It's not his fault that his polar bear arm accidentally yeah. hit the guy in the you face. You know what happened, though? The officials saw, yeah, they saw a bear claw come in out of nowhere that was slightly aggressive, and they decided to, to throw Jokic out of the game. That was completely unnecessary. I though. really think he didn't get the MVP call because... I'm going to say, you look at him, you don't think MVP player. So in the moment, you're like, even ah. though Even though Jokic won the MVP, he still will never get MVP calls because he does not look like, he looks like a polar bear. He yep. is a bear. And Nadal will always be thought of as better than him. Who? Nadal. No, that's Djokovic, not Jokic. A two-sport athlete. No, Djokovic plays tennis. Jokic plays basketball. Yeah, he plays for the Nuggets Djokovic, and plays no, tennis no, in the no. offseason. Djokovic won the French Open and Jokic plays for the Denver Nuggets. I'm proud. Bo Jackson, like uh huh, uh, the Joker. All right, I'm cutting you off. I do need to tell are you they real both quick. The Joker. I need to tell you the real Jokers. quick. Jokers are wild. Stop. Oh, sorry. Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys. He's not a joker. He is not a joker, and uh, this He's is a an guy. Ace in the hole. He will. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to roll off card puns. Sorry, Pat Lawler. WantalawyerUp.com for a free consultation. WantalawyerUp.com. Pat Lawler takes care of all of your personal injury needs. When you get injured in an accident, it is pretty scary, and also the process after it is probably, in a lot of cases, more overwhelming than the actual incident. You need help. That's where Pat Lawler comes in. Lawler and Associates, over 40 years of combined experience. Go to wanttolawyerup.com for a free consultation. Wanttolawyerup.com. He's my friend Pat Lawler. He will help you out. I've seen it happen countless times. And he'll join us tomorrow, as always, on a Tuesday on Ken Levicka Live. For Coquel and Joe Rigotti, I'm Ken Levicka. We'll be back for a Tuesday, and we'll be live on ESPN 106.3. Bye.